Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty with you this afternoon from the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. Luke is out. Kelly will be joining us later in the show, as will Al Holder. We're about to talk to Jack Duggan out in Houston, Texas. But first, a quick reminder about Dickie's Barbecue Pit. I think I'm going to have some tonight. They cook delicious food seven days a week. You can enjoy it in the dining room, through the drive-thru, or take-home delivery. However you choose, make sure it's Dickies. Get you some tonight and enjoy Southern Miss baseball. All right, speaking of food, the last time Jack Duggan, Sports Information Director for Southern Miss, agreed to do a live on-scene report for us. He was in Ruston, Louisiana at Johnny's Pizza Parlor. Now, Jack is in Houston, and, and Jack, are you at a similar venue today reporting for the Eagle Hour? Well, I am not at a similar uh, reporting location. Now, I was at a similar <laughs> reporting location, but I am now back in transit back towards the hotel. I was at a, a, a fabulous eatery called Papacitos, a mm. wonderful Mexican restaurant out here in the greater Houston area. Jack, I get the impression you know the the best places to eat in all these venues the Golden Eagles play. Well, I don't. I could. I don't know if I know that, <laughs> but but I have been doing this for a long time, so I do. I do know a few places along the way. I could. I, I could tell you that. I got you. Well, we're always glad to have you wherever you're reporting from. Uh, I know the double. We're, we're going to play a double header today. First, it was two o'clock. Now it's pushed back to four o'clock. Kind of update our listeners, if you will on the weather situation there in Houston and what you anticipate happening today? Well, it was storming earlier today, and uh, they the coaches talked, I think, about uh, 11 o'clock, and, and they decided to push everything back uh, till, to 4 o'clock today. Looks like we're going to have a window of opportunity uh, this evening to, to get some baseball in. The goal is to play two seven-inning doubleheaders starting at 4 uh, this evening at Rackling Park here in Houston, and then and then hopefully we'll play one tomorrow at one at one tomorrow, and then play the final game at one on Sunday. So that's the plan right now. But as you know, Mother Nature sometimes uh, alters those plans. So we just hopefully she doesn't step in and we can get all four in this weekend. If you get in two today, starting at four, we're going to be playing pretty late into the evening. Yeah, yeah, I would say <laughs> there. I, I'll have to cancel my my evening plans. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't don't let don't let baseball now stand in the way of uh, your culinary oh, investi- I, investigations. No, I, I, uh, I, I, I trust me. I I we were going to play tonight anyway. So so there there was I knew it was ballpark food tonight. So mm, yeah. uh, so that's why we took the opportunity to have us a nice lunch today. Can't say that I blame you, All right, Jack. A serious question. I don't I don't understand the RPI ratings the way you do. 
I think it's fair to say the the highest rated RPI opponents are behind us as we move forward with Rice, Middle Tennessee, Florida Atlantic. Do the Golden Eagles have to win every game in order to not suffer in the RPI, Jack? How do you see that working out through the remainder of the schedule? I, I don't think you have to win every game, but but I think you have to win a majority uh, to, to, to stay as high as you are. I mean, that's just kind of I mean that's it just kind of like it's like a national ranking that you know the more you win the the better you should be doing and 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 you know that's one that's one way that the RPI uh, rewards you and then but also <laughs> what's crazy is it rewards your opponents winning as well so uh, or you know at, towards your RPI so not only do you want yourself to win but you want the people that you beat earlier on the year to win as well, so that helps as well. So it's it's a crazy it's a crazy system. It's one that has been ingrained. Although this year, a lot of the national pundits have have, have wanted them to throw to throw the RPI out. You know, basically the whole Fairfield argument that that has stayed uh, at number one or number two most of the year because of uh, uh, them playing just their own conference and there's a there's a lot of talk that you know if you're only going to play conference games you know how does that how does that help the rpi well you know fairfield because they've been undefeated i think they were last time i looked they were 25 and 0 they were had finally fallen out of number number one to number two but i think behind arkansas at least according to the warren nolan uh rpi ratings and uh you know, it's just it's it's an it's an interesting it's an interesting way to figure things out. And you know, fortunately, the Golden Eagles. I think the last time I looked, we were around number twenty, and would love to would love to stay somewhere around there. You figure you stay around there, you're helping yourself uh, towards the postseason uh, next month. Right, no question. All right, three series left. If the Golden Eagles, let's just say can win three of four in each of the three series, you don't see the RPI suffering much. I, I, I wouldn't think so. I, I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm not a, I, I'm not a, a, you know, I'm not a quirky Palmer type uh, scientist when it comes to the RPI, but, <laughs> but, but I, I think that uh, I, I wouldn't think that we would. I, right. I mean, we certainly haven't, we certainly have, we didn't really fall last week because of, you know, Beating Western Kentucky three out of four, so right. I think I think what it might hurt us even more was Louisiana Tech losing yeah. two out of four against Marshall. Right. So right. so you just you know you just got to look and and see because because what it does is that is that the the way the formula is teams you play they get so many points for a victory and they get penalized so many uh, for a loss and that goes to you as well. So. Um, you know, it, it's just it's just kind of the way it works. Right. All right, Jack, Reed Trimble out last Sunday. Coach Barry told us Monday on his uh, weekly appearance on the show that that really threw things out of sync a little bit because they had to change up the outfield and they really missed him, uh, you know, in his batting spot. Are we expecting him back in the lineup today? Well, Coach, Coach said we weren't going to Houston unless Reed was on the bus. Okay. And, and so <laughs> he told that to the media Wednesday afternoon – Yesterday, before we left, uh, on on his weekly Zoom call, and so so I haven't seen Reed here yet. Uh, I didn't go on the bus. I went I went uh, 
in a car, but uh, I, I would assume that Reed's here and Reed's going to be ready to play this weekend. Okay, starting line, pitching lineup, what we've seen all year. Is that correct? I wouldn't, I wouldn't see anything different than what, what, what we've seen uh, since February. All right. Now, Jack, a lot of fans look at the Conference USA standings and they see Rice at the bottom of the uh, bottom of the pile, and they say, "Oh, well, this will this will be easy this weekend. We're playing the last place team in the conference, but it's Rice, and uh, I, I you know more about it than me. But anytime we go out there to play Rice, I get pretty nervous, Jack. Well, and I can see that. I mean, we came out here, we came out here in '19 with a pretty good baseball team, and we smoked them pretty good the first day. But guess what? They won the second game. They won the third game mm-hmm. of the series. So uh, you know, the Eagles are 22 and 29 all time in a series that dates back to 2006. I think we're eight and 13 out here against them at, at Reckland Park. Uh, you know, we haven't had a lot of success, but we have had some, and. Um, you know we 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 play reasonably well out here, but but it's a tough place to play. And I don't I don't care I don't care if Rice is 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 twenty eight and four or if they're what they are seventeen twenty three and one uh, heading into the day. You, you've got to be able to play play the game the way that that that, that you've been taught, and uh, you know it's kind of what Coach Barry. You take it one at a time, and you worry about yourself and. And you try not to worry about your opponent. You just go out there and you do your job. So hopefully, if we do that, then then we should have good some good success. Well, thanks a lot, Jack. Now I'm really nervous. You want oh, you share, share those records with me? I appreciate that. Well, uh, <laughs> we are six and four over the last ten games. Oh, that's better. Okay, uh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that that is much better. All right, so we're scheduled to play at four o'clock. Think about a. I guess what thirty forty minute break after that play again. So <laughs> I know what my Friday night is comprised of now. And uh, <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> and then uh, Saturday and Sunday at one p.m. Have I got that right? At, at this at this juncture, that's it. Okay. So, but but just kind of you know stay stay close to uh, the Southern Miss baseball Twitter. If there are any changes, we'll certainly. Uh, We'll certainly make you know let people know there as well as uh, through our website. All right, buddy. You know we always appreciate you giving us these updates when you're on the road, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing you on the radio call later tonight. Yeah, well, I appreciate it, and uh, you know I miss Luke today. Uh, you know I was a little I didn't want Luke to uh, you know be my fitness guru for the second straight <laughs> appearance. Uh, on the road, so uh, you're glad uh, he's I gone. In other words, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At least for today. All right, Jack. Have a good call tonight, buddy. We appreciate you. Thanks, y'all. Take care. All right, Jack Duggan, everybody, the sports information director for the University of Southern Mississippi. He'll be the color analyst on the broadcast all weekend. Uh, first pitch, four o'clock this afternoon. Rain, uh, hopefully, out of the area, and the Golden Eagles can take on the Rice Owls. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Jack Duggan for giving us that live report from Houston, Texas. First pitch now at 4 p.m. Doubleheader planned for this afternoon. Reed Trimble back uh, in the lineup tonight. So the 
Golden Eagles at full strength when they take on the Owls this afternoon, a rain permitting at 4 o'clock. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Kathleen is such a great lady and does such a good job keeping that store stocked with the latest Southern Miss apparel. They're open Monday through Saturday. You can shop them on Hardy Street right across from the campus. You can go online to CampusBookmart.net, order your stuff, and have it sent to your home. Or you can call Kathleen, and she'll help you uh, find what you're looking for over the phone and uh, and mail it to you. So they just couldn't make it any easier. All right. uh, Again, our thanks to Jack Duggan for uh, keeping us up to date on things out in Houston. Going to go now up to Brandon, where our official baseball correspondent, Al Holder, and uh, and Al, now I know why I have to write you those big checks every two weeks. You've you've been following this Nick Sandlin story, and you've been predicting that Sandlin was going to pitch on the big stage, and lo and behold, here he is. Yeah, I, I and I, like I, I, I just kind of thought he'd be up there last year, but I think that forearm injury really held him back. It was like he was just bumping along, and you know, up uh, up through the ranks, and then. And all of a sudden, he just kind of hit a, a, a wall. I think that arm was just really hurting him. <laughs> so Cleveland, and, and by the way, they really value uh, value his talents. So anyway, uh, I think when they did the surgery, and last year was probably a good year to do that, that kind of pushed him back a little bit. But uh, I, I would have expected him up last year. I think it's awesome that he's up now. And uh, now he just has to get out there and show his stuff. It's up to him now. You know, a lot of a lot of great baseball players go into minor league baseball, and they never make it to the big club, or they're yeah. they're up and down. Here's a kid that uh, what in three years has uh, has made a major league roster. It it, it really illustrates that uh, that Nick Sandlin is a very special talent. He he is he he keeps you off key because you don't expect a 95 mile an hour fastball out of that uh, that arm slot, and uh, but he can. And then he throws a breaking ball that starts out at your hip and ends up over the plate. I mean, it's, it's just uh, he, he's got a lot of the, the the right stuff. And I don't I don't know where he's going to end up, but I think he's going to start probably in the middle. You know, picking up in this sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, not, maybe not the ninth inning because they've got that class kid up there for that. But just maybe as a stopper, you know, when things are not going well, or bring him in fresh at the beginning of an inning, you know, to like pitch the seventh or the eighth. So we'll we'll just have to wait and see. I don't know how good a pitching staff is Nick Sandlin now part of Al. These, they've had some good starters up there, and they've got a closer that's just dynamite. So I think he's going to find his niche in a hurry. Uh, and it seems it seems to me like they've got a real good pitching staff up there. I think one of the things that's going on up there with their management is that they're beginning to believe that they can uh, make a run at the Central Division this year, and so. Uh, <clears throat> I think that's why Nick is up there to do that. They've had a couple of pitchers that have been a little wild, have not been able to, to, to you know, to get people out, which is the name of the game in, in, in Major League Baseball or any baseball. Just get them out. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they've been able to do that in certain situations. I think Nick is going to maybe come in and help them slam the door on them. We never know what the future is going to hold, but uh, you anticipate that we're about to see the start of a, of a long and fruitful career for Nick Sandlin? Yeah, barring injury, I I would say absolutely. That that that's my view. Yeah. Right. You know, we we forget that he he really came here 
because of his brother, who was a Division II All-American outfielder and a great baseball player in his own right. But it's the baby brother that ends up being the major leaguer. Yeah, and but and his brother was an awesome center fielder. Right. He was. I wish we'd have had that kid for four years. He was really, really good. Yeah, he was yeah. really special. He uh, yeah. he he led the the infamous forever relay back to home plate that yeah. beat the Rice Owls for the conference yeah. championship. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, Al. Speaking of the Rice Owls, I was just talking to uh, our buddy Jack uh, Duggan out in Houston and. I made this comment to him, you know, you look at the standings and you see Rice sitting at the bottom, which is still pretty hard to believe after after their storied history. But I think you're making a terrible mistake, and I don't think Scott Berry's going to make this mistake. In fact, I know he's not, but as a fan, you're making a terrible mistake if you think this is just going to be a pushover series for the Golden Eagles. Agree. Uh, And I I think a lot of those people out there are wondering – why Wayne Graham is uh, fishing today? But anyway, the uh, uh, I, the thing I remember about Rice is they just always had stellar pitching, right. and they and they always came up with a timely hit. It it, it did, you know they, they may not be hitting the ball around, but once they got men on base and needed to score runs, they always seemed to come up with a with a hit. They were just a special ball club uh, at, at the times that I remember seeing them. I'm sorry to see them, uh, you know, where they are now. But Reckling Park is a tough place to play baseball, and uh, we'll just have to go out there and we'll have to be on our game for sure. Well, and the last time we played them, too, I believe I'm right about this, was in that conference championship game or in a conference tournament game, I'm sorry, and uh, on the Gulf Coast a couple of years ago. And it took some it took some ninth-inning dramatics uh, from the big one in order to win that game. Yes, it did. And because uh, because Rice was their uniforms were just as dirty as ours, so they they had uh, they had fought their way through that whole thing. That was a great uh, tournament down there that year. Right. But the uh, yeah they they were and they seemed to have just lost their edge. And I don't know whether it's recruiting or what the issue is with them right now. But uh, I still would not take them lightly for sure. No, I, no, absolutely not. What are the what do you in your view? What do the Golden Eagles have to do uh, to go out there and win this series? Well, of course, the, our pitchers have got to be on target because that's the, you know when you're away from home, that's the one thing you just have to have is you have to have pitchers shutting uh, innings down with zeros. And one, once you can do that, then the rest of it's got to happen. I, you know, I, I have a statistic that, that just kind of amazes me. Uh, Will McGillis, you know, twenty twelve of his twenty two hits are for extra bases. Hmm. And he has 19 base on balls, so he's mm-hmm. he's, he's been pretty effective, even though he he misses a, a lot of pitches. He just he's been pretty effective and got some thump in that bat. Right. I mean, yeah. Trimble back in the lineup today. Scott told us Monday uh, how how it just kind of threw everything out of kilter Sunday uh, when he couldn't go because they had not only had to change the batting lineup, they had to change uh, outfield positions. This this kid has has proven to be. An enormous find for the baseball program, heading. He is a special, special player, and uh, he he will replace Gabe uh, probably at, at leadoff. Mm-hmm. And he he's just a he's a special kid. He's uh, if you've ever watched him run either on the bases or in the outfield, he covers a lot of ground. Uh, he he he's got a motor, and uh, he he makes good contact. 
and he since he's a switch hitter, you know, it doesn't matter if you're throwing a right or left hand, and his average of on either side of the plate is uh, about the same. Mm-hmm. So uh, and he's got some thump in that bat for for that for being his size. Right. Really, yeah. So having him back, I think very important. Al, you've been following the baseball program lo- even longer than I have. Do you ever recall a time where there were so many key players on this team, both uh, position players and pitchers, that are freshmen? No, it's just unbelievable. I, I've seen some of these freshmen uh, are are just amazing. They're not real consistent yet, but man, when they, when they're on on their game, they're just they're hard to beat. That Storm kid and uh, uh, who's that other pitcher that? Uh, uh, I I, I'm sorry, I can't can't bring it up right now. But it's just got a terrific breaking ball. I just think they're all good. I, I'm uh, Etheridge. I'm I think maybe with. maybe you're talking about Etheridge. There, there's so many. But uh, do you do you attribute the youth of the team to the inconsistency? And I think it's fair to say we we've seen some inconsistency, especially offensively, from this baseball team. Do you attribute the youth of the team to that? Uh, yeah, some of it. The uh, uh, it's, it's primarily the back end of the order. I don't know if you remember when Lebo was there back in the nine spot. That was like having a second lead off me. Right. right. And uh, they just so you, you have to have that eight and nine spot. Somebody there has to has to be able to pick up the slack to get it going because you want when when you start to, you know when your number one uh, is your lead off. You want somebody kind of around, hanging around on base out there that, that you can move along because those. Usually, your first four or five guys are going to going to be able to to do that. So, not all right, Al. We got about twenty seconds left. Your prediction of the weekend series with our old nemesis, the Rice Owls. We sweep. You sweep. Oh man, you you're, you're feeling your oats today, aren't you, brother? And I was good the last time with that too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. Well. Good enough. Uh, look, the the increase in income is on the way. Since you uh, since you so adequately predicted this uh, Nick Sandlin rise to the top, so uh, go out there. I think the check should arrive pretty much any minute, Al. <laughs> I'll go stand by the middle. <laughs> All right, I know what you'll be doing tonight. I'll be doing the same thing, and you and I'll yeah. be conversing back and forth. Uh, thanks, thanks for coming on the show today. All right, take care, Al Holder. Everybody, great friend to the Eagle Hour. And I can assure you that that Al will be glued to uh, CUSA TV all weekend, just like I will, and I suspect many of you. Southern Miss and Rice, coming up, we'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. Yeah, but thanks to Jack Duggan and Al Holder for joining us uh, earlier in the show. Kelly Sander on the show. Now we've got all the big guns on the program today. This segment sponsored, of course, by 4th Street Bar and Grill, where today they serve the best catfish you will ever put in your mouth. Tonight you can go down and enjoy a great sandwich, a cold beer, and watch the Golden Eagles play at 4th Street Bar and Grill. I guarantee you all the Eagle games will be on. We thank Slade and the fine crew of folks down at 4th Street for sponsoring 
the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander joins me. He's down at Pearl River Community College getting ready for baseball. You know, Kelly, a lot of great Southern Miss baseball players have come from Pearl River. I believe right now the starting right fielder for the Golden Eagles is a, a former Wildcat. So uh, quite a heritage of uh, baseball at Pearl River. And their, and their number one reliever at Pearl River this year has already, uh, Landon Harper has already committed to the Eagles for next year. So right. you're right, Bob. Uh, Pearl River ranked uh, third in the country. So, you know, depending on which poll you look at, anywhere from third to ninth. So, uh, yeah, they've got a good team finishing up the regular season today against, uh, against Hines. Yeah. That um, should, be, should be pretty interesting. Of course, the National Football League draft enters rounds two, three, and four tonight. Let's start with the Saints, Bob, as we kind of recap things. They, they took Peyton Turner uh, out of Houston, a defensive end, you know, a good player. But, but now with the, with the selection of Peyton Turner, that now makes eight defensive ends the Saints have on their roster. Wow. Eight. Wow. So you have to you have to wonder well what's the purpose of having eight defensive ends and and your number one guy you know normally normally um, logical wisdom has it that you would pick your number one guy to fill an immediate hole but with seven other defensive ends mm-hmm. um, that either that either doesn't bode well for the pick or it doesn't bode well for the other seven defensive ends. <laughs> so it doesn't bode well for somebody does it. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Well, the Saints will have the 28th pick in the second round, the 35th and 42nd pick in the third round. I, you know, I, I was just surprised in general that Sean Payton went defense uh, in the first round, Kelly. I am, I am too, especially, um, especially in a position where they, they already have plenty of personnel. But, you know, a lot of people who know a lot more about this than I do, you know, say that when you're playing, you know, good quarterbacks like Tom Brady maybe three times a year, Third time, of course, being in the playoffs, that you want somebody that can can wreak havoc on a on a passer. But I'm sitting there going, look, if you can't, you know, if you can't get to what 43 year old guy now and, right. and create some kind of pressure, uh, you got other problems. So you know, this is all a crapshoot. I mean, they do right. a lot of research and study on these guys, and they they had to feel that the need was big enough to to get reach for a number one like that. So we'll see. You know, interesting, I, I read yesterday, too, that all 22 starters, all 22 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers re-signed, restructured, or did whatever they needed to do to come back and play. So uh, I, I think clearly we know who the favorite is to go back to the Super Bowl. Well, you'd think that the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior, but, I mean, at some point, obviously, the gravy train is going to be over. Um <laughs> For, for Tom Brady and company. But uh, it's, it's a tough way to make a living. And speaking of other quarterbacks in the news today, Bob, Aaron Rodgers, after we kind of joked yesterday about the trade that the 49ers had offered to get Rodgers and the Patriots, or the uh, Packers rather, said they were not interested, Aaron Rodgers now reportedly saying that he wants out of Green Bay, particularly because eight of the last nine first-round picks the Packers have taken have all come on the defensive side of the ball. And did and that, that again was, last night, too. And that's right. And the only offensive player that they took was Jordan Love, who is the backup quarterback to Aaron right. Rodgers. So Rodgers now taking an attitude, if you're not going to draft me any help right. or get me any help, I want to go somewhere where they will. So there's a drama that has just now started. We'll see how it plays itself out. Have you read anywhere where perhaps Rodgers has said that his career would really be made if he could play in Washington? <clears throat> I have not, Bob, and you know, searched high and low. I'll tell you what I did find out today, though, and you know, you never know who to believe. 
and this is aside from football, but now the, the Center for Diseases Control is now reporting that we probably need to wear our seat belts outside of our car. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Uh-huh. Well, exactly correct. After watching the clowns in Washington the other night, double mask, and they had all gotten vaccine shots before my poor mother or grandmother or whoever got a sniff at a vaccine shot. They were fully vaccinated, and they're still walking around wearing two masks outside. Go figure. Last what. year, last year the pandemic was a lot worse, and they were only wearing one mask. It's just you know? unbelievable. Yes, thank God they're not you know any more in charge than they are. Anything last night surprised you, Kelly? I, I, I tell you one thing that caught my eye, and I thought was a great story was uh, the kid from Alabama going to uh, New England, the quarterback, and then I heard his dad say, "Well, he played college football for the greatest." college coach of all time and now he's going to play pro football for the greatest pro coach of all time that's one way of looking at it of course once the pick is is in i mean there's not a whole lot you can do about it but he's he's a prototype pocket passer uh doesn't have a lot of mobility outside the pocket that's why his stock uh dropped a little bit but that fits that new england system where they like that you know the old school just drop drop back pocket passer so he fits that perfectly southern miss ties to the draft last night. Patrick Sertan Jr. out of Alabama was taken by the Denver Broncos um, in the top ten last night. Sertan, nobody doubts his ability, but they had already signed in free agency Kyle Fuller and Ron Darby. So uh, we'll see where, you know, you think again the number one pick is going to go in and start immediately. I don't know if you got to see the interview with Patrick Sertan Jr. last night, but very well-spoken, polite, and humble. Right. You know, it just they never cease to amaze me. These guys from the deep south, how how really humble and and uh, focused they are, and, and very thankful for the situations and, uh, and, that, that right. they're in. And of course, as as our listening audience knows, his dad maybe the greatest corner to ever play uh, here at Southern Miss. Patrick Tain was certainly a great football player. Uh, Kelly, anything surprise you last night? Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, the Raiders last night are going taking Alex Leatherwood, the, the offensive lineman from Alabama, and they're going to play him in a position that he's not used to playing. And, again, nobody doubts Leatherwood's ability, but to take a number one draft pick like that and switch positions, um, particularly for a player that most thought were going to be available late second or early third, but the Raiders are kind of developing a reputation of focusing on a guy, and it doesn't really matter if they overspend, so to speak, or not. They they hone in on one guy, and they're going to get that guy. And uh, Leatherwood was was one of those guys. But they're they're kind of taking a bath for that pick um, today. You know, again, none of this. This is kind of like signing day for college teams. Right. You never really know how good of a signing day it was until about three years later. That's right. You know, uh, based on health and if people stay in the program or whatnot. Your Washington football uh, team, a lot of people talking about uh, that pick too, but Thomas Davis and Reuben Foster were already um, free agents. They're they're unsigned, though, so that's why why the Washington team uh, took who they took. So um, uh, three times already I've almost said Redskins. Um, That's Go ahead, say it, Kelly. That's fine. Redskins, yes. Go ahead. They, they play really good defense, Bob. And you know, R- Rivera, you know, likes right. The, he likes linebackers guys. too. Yeah, yeah. And and he's out of Kentucky and um, was just a terrific uh, tackler. Um, 
to you know led that team in tackling and led all of the NCAA in in tackles. And I think the the guy that was number two in line was like twenty tackles behind him. So right, and the kid had a huge pro day, from what I read. He was really impressive. Uh, at, at Pro Day, and uh, and they're very high on it. Kelly. Before I don't want to run out of time before we broach this subject. Uh, you can you can love them, you can hate them, you can detest them, but Alabama with seven count them seven not players drafted, seven players drafted in the first round. What does that say about the Alabama football program? That it, that it's pretty much the uh, the feeder league. It's baseball's AAA, all in one team. Um, and when you see the Alabama guys when they get drafted, too, these guys are huge. <laughs> I mean, you know, big, strong, fast, quick, talented. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence was the number one pick out of Clemson, but as good as Clemson has been. And really, you could argue that Clemson may have even been better over the past five years as a team, but why aren't Clemson players going? Right. You know, like Alabama players are going. And that's also uh, a tribute to Saban's staff and, and how well these guys are coached and how well they're coached in preparation for the NFL style of game that they all achieve, you know, that they all aim to achieve to get to play in the NFL. You certainly can't blame any kid, and I hate to admit this, but any kid with real talent, you can't blame him for wanting to go play at Alabama because, I no, mean, for- he is on the spotlight of the NFL. For sure, but you know, as small a school in comparison to Southern Miss is, the Eagles do their fair share of putting guys in the draft, and on the other side of the commercial break, maybe we can talk a little bit about Tim Jones and his chances of his name being called tonight. Greatest nickname I saw last night, the uh, wide receiver for Alabama, real thin kid, but uh, the the all-time leading receiver for Alabama with the nickname, the Thin Reaper. I thought that was was just fantastic last night. In this new age world, yeah, that fits perfectly, doesn't it? <laughs> Thin Reaper. All right, Kelly and I will uh, we'll talk about Tim Jones, and then we'll do our conference USA picks, let you know who's playing who in baseball this weekend. And to wrap up another week of the Eagle Hour, right on the other side of this very short break. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, the Eagle Hour is going to be at D1 Training, D-Bat, this coming Wednesday, where Kelly Santer will be put in a batting cage to hit a 95-mile-per-hour fastball. We'll be broadcasting from 1 to 2 o'clock down there. We're going to make sure Luke gets some video of this uh, athletic display by Kelly Santer, and we'll get that on our Facebook page uh, next week. But we'll be at D1, D-Bat uh, next Wednesday looking forward to that. All right, Kelly Sander, uh no Mississippi kids drafted last night. That uh, what are the prospects of a Golden Eagle showing up on the board and who would you think would be the first Mississippi uh, player uh to be picked? I think the first I think the first one taken will be Elijah Moore, the the wide receiver from Ole Miss. He's, you know, he's not real tall as far as, you know, receivers go, but I mean, physically he looks a lot like Metcalf. I mean, the guy's just a, a god, just uh, you know, 
just really solid put together. Uh, so Elijah Moore, I think, will be the first one to go. But don't be surprised if Tim Jones from Southern Miss's name uh, comes up. I mean, he's he's really been a difference maker. Um, and the reason you know, he's been a difference maker is because of his skill set. And, um, again, Southern Miss, when you look at the players for the school, the size that it is, you know, compared to some of these other schools and the conference that it plays in, the, the Eagles do a pretty good job of, of getting players in the NFL again so forth. Right. And but with some of the receivers coming off the board that quickly, we'll see if that's good or bad for, for Moore and Jones tonight. Right. And uh and obviously we we expect some kids from uh Southern Miss, State Ole Miss, very likely to get some free agent contracts uh, issued uh, sure. once once the draft is over as well. All right, Kelly, another big baseball weekend. I guess they're all big this time of the year. Only three series left. The Golden Eagles out there in Houston to take on the Rice Owls. Before we get to the rundown of league games, uh, we've all talked about this this week. Uh, don't be fooled by the standings. Uh, the, the Golden Eagles are up for a challenge this weekend. I See, I, I'm, I'm the, the lone dissenter, as the, uh, as the Supreme Court says. I don't think the Eagles are going to have too much trouble with the Owls. Um, but but it's it's not. I hope that the Eagle players aren't feeling the same way that I am. Right. right? I mean, you fear no one, but you have to respect everybody. But you got a tale of two cities this year. The Eagles are playing really good baseball, and the Owls have just been sputtering all year long. I no. don't look for the Eagles to have too much trouble, but yeah, always respect your opponent. I'm just grateful that the Eagle players are much faster than you, Kelly. Uh, well, next Wednesday when we go to D-Bat, Bob, I can say this with 100% assurance, you will have seen nothing like what I am about to show. <laughs> I'm, pretty about sure to that, I'm pretty sure that's... <laughs> excuse me, I spit in the microphone when you said that, but yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right about that. All right, let's uh, let's go down the league and uh, let's let's uh, digest what's going to go on. Louisiana Tech, after a disappointing weekend, uh, they go to Middle Tennessee, which Middle Tennessee is above five hundred. I mean, they're not a slouch, but uh, how do you like Tech on the road uh, against the Blue Raiders? I like Tech a lot, and I was going to say the bad news is for Tech that they did split last weekend. The even worse news is for Middle Tennessee because yeah. the Bulldogs will bounce back and win three out of four. I would agree with you there. Texas San Antonio, pretty pretty good ball club against a, a UAB team that just doesn't appear to be very good. No, and I was I was a little surprised earlier in the year. I thought the Roadrunners would put up more of a fight against uh, against our Eagles, uh, but they but they didn't. Um, I'm not you know real impressed with with San Antonio, but I'm not impressed with UAB either. So I, I look for but I look for a split of that series. Split. I think San Antonio takes uh, three out of four. Florida International is against their uh, in-state rival, Florida Atlantic. The Owls appear to be waking up here toward the uh, last half of the season. How do you like this one? And, of course, this is a repeat of last weekend, I believe. These two teams played each other uh, four games last weekend, if I'm not mistaken. And, and FAU did take three out of four. I don't think that that will happen this weekend. I called for the split last weekend. I was wrong. I think FIU will come back and learn and earn at least a split against the Owls. Did I misread this schedule? Or are they playing each other back to back weekends? Well, you got the you know eight teams or eight games. You know how that the schedule kind of worked out funny and yeah. it was like you go play so. La Tech eight eight games. Uh, all right, Western Kentucky's at Marshall. Oh boy, yeah, Marshall coming off that split of uh, Louisiana Tech, so they've got you know a little confidence coming back home and and Western Kentucky struggles to, to score a lot of runs. So, uh, gosh, 
<laughs> How about the safest play is a split there, Bob? Mark I agree. At home. All right, another repeat is Charlotte is at Old Dominion. Charlotte, by the way, uh, during the week beat North Carolina four to one. I, Charlotte's for real, Kelly. They are, and I have to apologize to them because I didn't think they were. I thought Old Dominion would uh, would win that series last weekend, and as it turns out, the Monarchs lost three out of four games. Uh, but I think the Monarchs will have a little bit better luck this weekend. I'll call for the split. I'm going to call for a standoff myself. And, of course, uh, our Golden Eagles at Rice here in about uh, two hours, Kelly. The broom is out. The Eagles will sweep. I love your optimism. I think the Eagles win the series just to play safe. I'm going to, you know, it's like wearing a double mask even when you're vaccinated. I'm going to I'm going to predict that USM wins three out of four against the Owls. You got to make sure you wear that seatbelt outside your car, too. I, I've got I've got the seatbelt wrapped around me right now and double mask on, Kelly. I'm, I'm, I'm following in the step foots of our illustrious president. No question about that. <laughs> <laughs> Never know when you might be rear-ended outside your car. That's exactly I'll let that one go. All right, yeah. Kelly, have a good weekend. Enjoy your baseball games this afternoon. We'll talk to you Monday. And until Kelly and I come back, Southern Miss. To the top. Into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.